1: Welcome to a very special episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, where we talk all things Halo, baby! Bang, bang. But if you're tuning into this episode, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning in to Oddball. I'm going to say that again. Oddball! Where we dish on things outside of the Halo universe. If you're in our Sacred Council tier or above over at patreon.com slash sacredicon, you're hearing in this brand spanking new episode, Flippity Fresh, with two-week early access. And if not, here we are now, two weeks late. There. Thank you for your support and tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Joshy Hargis, and joining with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, and your host, ladies and gentlemen. The man who was once quoted as saying the FOV slider in 3 is a game changer, and they loved it so much they put it on the back of the box. Just Joshin. <laughs> Give it up for Brian, our vets. Brian, my man, what are we talking about today? Well, first, I think it's
0: funny that you said they put it in the back of the box because Halo MCC sold in stores is still the 2014 copy that basically has nothing on it of value. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like it's I think so if crazy. you put that in your offline Xbox and you just get to win, you could buy that and put it into your offline console and then experience 2014 over again if you want to. Crazy, man.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, that? that's really weird. You look at the back. Someone's like, dude, hey, Master Chief Collection's great. You get all these different games. You get Reach, ODST, Firefight. And someone goes and looks at the back of the box like, uh, it's not anywhere on there. <laughs> well, you didn't get the digital edition, bitch. Mm. You got the yeah. 2014 one. There's not oh, really man.
0: any good reason to buy the physical copy unless it is to just have it on your shelf or something to look yeah. at. As a but people
1: still buying physical, which... Uh, no big deal. I'm just saying but, yeah.
0: that game in specific, like MCC. Basically, all the code on that disc has been erased and replaced. Yeah,
1: it's a, that's weird. That's weird. Uh, they need to relaunch like that updates. physically. They should just do that. People will people buy it. I would. Like, yeah. Probably, Some people will even be myself. confused. They'll be like, "Oh, is this a a new version of it? A yeah.
0: 2.0? And they just give them a new thing to complain about to 343. <laughs> oh, you confuse me, oh idiots. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, today we're going to talk about the evolution of the FPS, the first person shooters. I brought this idea up to Josh because I was recently, I was I was watching a no-clip documentary about the Black Mesa Half-Life 1 um, remake. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you guys don't know, I'm sure some of you do, but like if you don't know what no-clip is, make sure you go to YouTube and, and, and search no-clip. They do video game documentaries, very cool. But they were doing a documentary on the uh, uh, Half-Life 1 remake, which is a remake done by fans, over the course of fifteen years that um, after fifteen time? years Yeah, after fifteen years of, of fans making this remake, Valve stepped in and said, You know what, this is you did such a phenomenal job. We're gonna let you sell it at retail, uh as you know, using our game. You That's know? crazy. Like, to be the, yeah, so like it's they developed this game, but it's it's literally sanctioned by Valve. It's it's Half Life. It's 1, official so, now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And how I, amazing I've, is that. When does that happen?
0: I've almost beat it now, and it's definitely extremely faithful, and it is it is as good as a remake made by the studio that made the original. Like it's totally worth playing. But anyways, this isn't going to be just about you know Half Life or Black Mesa. But I was just kind of thinking about the differences in FPS games and kind of how stagnant we've gotten recently, and just just how they've evolved in like um, kind of talk about like what Josh and I's preferences are for first person shooters and what we'd like to see in the future or ways we think that it maybe could evolve. I don't, honestly, I don't think we're going to come up with anything too concrete there because I feel like it'd be done already if it was. But uh, going back like, to f- the first FPS, and I know sure. no matter what I say the first FPS is, there's going to be somebody out there who could comment and say, well, technically, on the it's blah, Wolfenstein. blah, there was this. Because like, uh, Wolfenstein would be where I say it started, but then I would say like Doom is where it really peaked, it crescendoed into something real right. that people really I'm talked agree. about. Fast-paced action, you know. Um, so was, so when you go back to, like, Doom, which is, you know, kind of the first-person shooter, mm-hmm. um, for those of you that have played the original... Josh, have you, you've probably tried it. You've never really played much of it, though, right? The,
1: the original Doom? Doom? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I played
0: it. Not beat it, okay, not got the in it, you it, beat it but yeah, I played it. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, like, grow up with it or anything? No, right? no. Okay. Because yeah, I, I grew up with the original Doom, so played them, beat them many <coughs> times. Me. Um And the, the original Doom, I mean, you think about the original Doom, basically you get... You can hold all your weapons at once. Mm. Um, there's no grenades. Um, You can run through the levels at incredibly fast speeds. There is a million enemies populating the levels. Yeah.
1: (laughs) speed, I guess I should say, but yeah.
0: You move super quick. You don't have regenerative shields. You pick Mm -hmm. up health on the map. You pick up armor on the map. Um, You pick up ammo. Um, Like I said, there's there's so many different enemies all over the place. It's not crazy for you to be playing a Doom mission and there is 30 enemies in one room that are all throwing stuff at you at one time. And basically, the the story was pretty light, right? Like you're just a marine who's like on Mars or on a station or moon surrounding Mars, and you're fighting. There's a demon invasion. That's basically all you know. You're a marine. There's a demon invasion. Kill them all. And then after you beat like I don't know if you ever got far enough, Josh, but if you get you beat like 10 missions or whatever, you'll get like a instead of a cutscene in Doom, it would be like a a screen would pop up and red bloody text would slowly pan across the oh, screen. Oh, that's that would, cool. It would tell you a story. It'd be like, you took out the base, but now it's time to go deeper into hell. Just to fight to, <laughs> That sounds blah, blah, awesome blah, 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 in blah. the game. So like, sounds so cool. Really, like at this point, at the inception of first-person shooters, story was not front and center. It was hardly even there. And honestly, what was there, people didn't really care about. It, it was just, I'm playing this game where I get to shoot aliens and run around and shoot demons or whatever. Right. And that's pretty much what it was. Um, so then, so pretty much, uh, I, ID soft... Or no, that's funny. I always get that confused because like... We always called it ID software, and then we were like, "Oh, it's probably ID." Once we get older, we're like, it's probably ID, and then we found out, no, it's actually it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. Yeah. Um, so ID software kind of pioneered what we knew as like the 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 modern FPS. It's FPS in general, really, um, first person shooter. And it's funny too. Even in the original Doom, you can't aim up or down. It, the gun stays in one position, and if you shoot something, if you shoot an enemy really? that's above you, the bullet just goes
1: up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you did can't not play. know that. Huh. Yeah. Like, but in I once you know, we
0: get to. People You, quake, just, you can. But.
1: People just probably accepted that back then. You know, they didn't know better. You
0: know, it actually works really good. Because like you're standing in a room and there's like an enemy that's like on a platform above you. As yeah. long as you can see him, you just shoot, and the bullet will hit him up there. Wow, so, that's, that's cool. kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's kind of interesting. Interesting. Uh, you, just so then, it, it? you just think about, doesn't it? You something
0: to think about, doesn't it, Josh? <laughs> FPS is not being able to look FPS is
1: aiming up high, uh, real high.
0: Yeah, but anyway, so. Basically, that kind of, like, when id Software releases Doom, it kind of takes over the world. These guys become rock stars, and they work on Doom 2, which is more or less the same game, but with new levels, new maps, and new enemies, and new uh, uh, double-barreled shotguns, stuff like new that. New guns. Um, so it's basically it's a, almost like a glorified expansion pack, right? Like, it's funny how I see people today, like, saying, like, oh, Horizon Forbidden West it uses the same animations and same blah, blah, blah art assets as the last game. It's like, well... They were good assets. They were good animations, right? Like, and that's what Doom One and Two is. It's like the same animations, same assets, but then they add new vill- or not villains, you know, new uh, enemies and new sure. levels and stuff like that. So, yeah. so you get Doom One, you get Doom Two. You know, n- pretty much people are untouchable, or it's it's un- untouchable. You get uh, Duke Nukem comes along, it gets a pretty sizable audience. Hell that yeah, does pretty well. <coughs> but pretty much for a while I'm there, are, as far as first person shooters go, all we have is Doom and Doom clones. Mm-hmm. You can see, like, even even uh, you talk about Bungie and Halo. You go back to their first game, Marathon. Marathon was absolutely a Doom clone. It played just like it. It was the same type of it was using that blueprint. So, sure. And then you got older <clears throat> games like um, some of those like Alien versus Predator or like Alien games. Yeah. They literally were just Doom clones. You know, you yeah. it's the same thing. Find key cards. You know, uh, carry all the weapons. You know, you fight in, invading demons or, or, or aliens or whatever. Right. Um. So pretty much. That's kind of where first-person shooters were, right? It wasn't a place for story. It was mostly a PC experience, though. They were Doom was even on the Super Nintendo, so it was on console.
1: Right.
0: Um, but then the next big kind of evolution is Quake and the Quake engine. It now becomes full 3D. You can look up, you can look down. You know, uh, online uh, like dial-up connection. Do a uh, Quake shoot? Quake multiplayer takes off. Right. Um, but you still you still generally have Excuse the me. same type of game as you did before. You're just running around killing. And Quake, it's um, what is it's like medieval like monsters and stuff like that, medieval monsters. But like, mm-hmm. uh, you're basically running around through different levels that are really well designed with all your weapons in hand, killing enemies. There's
1: I love Quake just, Four. We'll get to that. Quake Four. See, yeah, yeah, it's funny because we'll Quake that.
0: Four is like the bad one. I know. <laughs> um, but, uh so I mean, Quick 4 think. actually tries to have a story more, though. Right. Um, but, like, Quick 1 and 2, it was, once again, kind of the same deal. Like, you just, you don't have much for cutscenes. scenes. You just kind of have, like, text that pops it's up. It's a very
1: bare-bones story. It's, it's bare-bones, right? Like, the you, gameplay is prioritized over the story.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're playing first-person shooters so that you can just have fun wailing on stuff. Like, you, yeah. you want story, you go play your Final Fantasy, or you go... Or if you don't want to shoot things or have story, you play, like, platformer Mario or That's whatever.
1: a good point to make, uh, you know, because first-person shooters back then were known for not being story-heavy, whereas RPGs were, like, if you wanted the narrative, you yeah. go play those. You know, then you had your movie-licensed games, you had your sports titles and chess and, you know, shit like that. So.
0: And now Josh is playing Cyberpunk 2077, which is a uh, first-person shooter that's an RPG. RPG, yeah. You know, crazy so hybrids just, crossing it's over. It's crazy how far we've come there. But, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, as far as, like, general FPS goes, though, so you get to Quake, and, like, Quake is... That's the peak, right? Like Quake is the thing, and everyone's talking about the Quake engine and how great it is, and mm-hmm. id Software's giving the Quake engine out for people to use. Very and cool. then you have uh, Valve come along, and, and Valve puts out. I think I think Quake came out in '96. I might be wrong. That could okay. have been that could have been '95 or something. But uh, the original Quake. But Valve comes along and they modify the Quake engine, and they decide they want to do things a little differently. They want to take the first person shooter in a different direction. They want it to be less about um shooting endless waves of enemies and more about having story and thematics 98 putting you for quake 90 sorry. for quake 1
1: mm-hmm.
0: was 98
1: yeah apparently. really or wait i don't think no no here. no 96 for um quake. for microsoft windows yeah yeah yeah. okay, okay. i read that wrong yeah 96 so, sorry continue bro. So
0: about two years after quake 1998 is when the first half-life comes out and half-life is using a modified quake engine and and they're trying to make it more story oriented. You play as Gordon Freeman, a PhD student who works at Black Mesa facility underground. And um, what's different about this is like the game opens up. You've never played Half-Life One, right, Josh?
1: Nope, only the second.
0: So the game opens up, you're on like a a, a corporate tram riding your tram to through the Black Mesa facility to mm-hmm. your job posting. So the whole first five, six minutes of the game, you don't have a gun you can't even really move your character hardly. You're just on this tram and you're observing like the underground science facility. And you're so like, it's different. Cause when you play Quake or doom, it's like, get me, give me a gun, get me in there, start shooting stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's really thematic. You're on this tram, you're seeing scientists work, you're seeing experiments go on. And then the tram takes you, drops you off. And when it drops you off, you still don't have a weapon. You walk around, you go to the front desk, you talk to the, the scientists. you get introduced to stuff and you eventually get down to, um, where you arrive at your job and these scientists tell you to start up this reactor. And basically you start this reactor, a bunch of chaos ensues, aliens come through, and then you're basically in this, you're in this underground facility that's now flooded with aliens that you brought through this portal and you have to fight your way out. And what ends up happening is as you get partway through the game, um, they send Marines in to save the scientists, but you find out that the Marines get there and the Marines' goal is not to save the scientists; it's to kill every single thing in the science facility—the oh, aliens, the aliens, and the, the scientists—because they don't oh, want boy. any. They Perch. don't want any proof.
1: Yeah, yeah they,
0: don't, they don't want any proof of anything. So okay. eventually, you know, you as Gordon Freeman, you have to not only kill the aliens, but you have to kill the Marines as well and fight your way through that. But what's so cool about the game? Everyone is
1: an obstacle.
0: Yeah, what's so cool about the game is it really. All, there's no cinematics. Okay. The game introduced like thematics into the game in gameplay so like you're riding the tram you're looking at scripted npcs doing stuff and then when you're when you like uh you launch that um you make the mistake basically that that makes the teleporter bring in aliens like okay that whole entire explosion and the whole science experiment going it's wrong that's game. happening in gameplay gotcha. it's okay. not taking away player, player control and then throughout the whole game, as you're playing, you're you're meeting other scientists who are locked away in the facility, and they're talking to you. They're having scripted NPC events. You're having moments where, like, you'll come outside the facility, and like a helicopter will come over above, and like an alien ship will shoot stuff out of the sky or ground, and like all of this stuff is like heavily scripted, but in gameplay story elements. And when you take cool. like when you take Half Life One back to its roots, mm-hmm. um, it's really not doing the first person shooter as fun as Quake. Because Quake's like, you know, Quake being the most recent thing, Quake is like, you have like all these weapons and you're running around and there's just enemies everywhere and you're shooting them and you're collecting key cards and going crazy. But Half-Life was more reserved. You have these weapons. You start out with a crowbar. You don't even have a pistol to start out. You start out with a crowbar and you just melee stuff. But it's like taking in your environment, seeing how this story unfolds, voice acting, scripted NPCs, so it kind of was like, that's kind of why, and I wasn't, like, aware of this when it happened. I was six years old in 1998. Josh was, like, uh, 10. 40. I guess. 40. Yeah, Josh was <laughs> then. Um, I've since but, years. yeah, so, so basically you have this kind of colossal shift in the first-person shooter because all anyone had really known was, like, you fight people online in deathmatch, and you go through the campaign just shooting aliens and shooting monsters like right. crazy. But right. now there's a real story being told, and like mm-hmm. there's other characters and physics and puzzle even, solving too. Puzzle right. solving, and like you even it ends up kind of being like not quite retcon, but pseudo retcon. But the the game ends with you making a choice as well, where you have a player choice at the end. Which Half Life Two makes it that you made one choice basically, mm. uh, rather than the other. Um, but it was just a colossal shift because now it was like first-person shooters taken more seriously, right? Like if you were somebody who just liked first-person shooters, you could have been seen as like that dude bro who only plays shooters, but now there was an opportunity for real storytelling um, in 1998. So then I feel like 1998, I mean, when's the first time the public sees Halo? I think it was 99, E3. So one year after Half-Life comes out, you see Halo at E3. Now Halo at E3, it's still third person. It's not acquired by Microsoft, you know, it's going to be on Mac and everything like that. But you get to Halo and like, to me, and this is, so I just want to preface by saying Half-Life is a phenomenal series that deserves all the praise and it completely shook the industry in 98. But while I'm playing Half-Life, what I'm thinking of as someone who loves Halo and is a pod Halo podcaster, I'm thinking about just how much more I like Halo Combat Evolve, that Evolved than I did Half-Life, and it's just a three-year difference there, and only a one-year difference between seeing Half-Life and seeing Halo. Right. Combat Evolved unveiled. And just how much better... And this is a personal preference. This isn't like me saying I factually think uh, Call it Combat Evolves a better game than Half-Life, because there's plenty right. of people who say Half-Life's better. Right. But in just that three years of time, you saw how much further Bungie took the first-person shooter um, than Half-Life. Now... There isn't as much, like, the there's a lot of cutscenes in Halo that are not, like, they're not scripted. They're just, like, cutscenes that play. You don't get to be in gameplay right. when they happen. But there also is scripted moments, right? Like, Faux Hammer coming down in the last mission and stuff like that that does happen. I'm having but, a tough time. Yeah. Well, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <It was> crazy. <laughs> it um, oh, but man. no, like, it, it, R. it R. feels Fauxhammer. like. I don't know if you agree with this, Josh, because you didn't play much of the old school shooters. You didn't play a lot of old school Quake or Doom. But no, Let I me talk like about I'm, that for a
1: minute real quick. Okay. Um, my quick, my quick, first quick. introduction was actually I saw my dad play some of the Duke Nukem titles. My dad would be in the computer room and he'd call me over and I'd come and look and he'd be like, listen to this. you know." And then you hear that, I'm going to rip off your head and shit down your neck. you know. And nowadays you see <laughs> yeah. it memed and it's like, that's a lot of words. Too bad I'm not reading them. <laughs> and all this stuff I, I so yeah. quotable. Uh, it, I got such a kick out of it, but I just wanted to go play. But um, it wasn't long after that that I played Star Wars: Dark Forces, which was totally a Doom Quake-like clone, yeah. and very light on story. It did have a little bit of story. It was the Rogue One story of you stealing the Death Star plans before that became a film, and uh, I had a lot of fun playing that. I never quite beat it, but I had a lot of fun um, running through, shooting stormtroopers and, and you know various different types of stormtroopers and stuff, and. Aliens opening doors, closing them, getting the help packs and solving the little puzzles and maybe having to go find a code for this door over here and there and all that type of stuff. Had a lot of fun with that, but I didn't really touch many first person shooters after that until Halo. It was kind of a big jump. And then it wasn't until really after Halo that I started to experience a lot more with half-life Two, go, you know, quake four and then retroactively experiencing uh, like quake two. I don't think I played the first one. But um, and then obviously Doom a little bit of and then, you know, jumping into 2016's Doom, Doom Eternal and so on and so forth. So, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, different trajectory for me. But uh, back to what you're saying.
0: Well, and I guess to not leave it out, too, there's a little place in there where you can slide in GoldenEye for the N60. For sure. That, you gotta have that was yeah. that was like that was like an idea almost. How do I want to put it? I wouldn't say in my personal opinion, I think there's some that would disagree, but I would not say that GoldenEye convinced people that an FPS could be done on a console. I believe that was Halo. But what I do believe is that it got people thinking about what it could be like, you know. Because mm-hmm. when you play GoldenEye on N64, it runs at like I think if you split the screen four four times, I think it runs at like nine frames, ten or eleven frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're using the N64 controller it has one analog where you have to hold down ugh. a button up top to move your cursor. I played it in a
1: bar for my first time, and it was I yeah. sucked so bad because of that. It's like this yeah, so fucking like, controller. This ugh. anyway, go I think, ahead. I
0: think GoldenEye was like it proved two things at
1: once. It mm. proved that.
0: Uh, A first-person shooter could be fun on a console, but it also proved that, damn, it really doesn't work on a console that well. Because the people who were playing Quake and and Half-Life at the same time or earlier on their PCs with 60 frames and online and all that stuff, they were having a way better time. Like The people playing N64 GoldenEye, the reason why we were so blown away is because there had never been anything on a console like this this good. But it, yet, it was still so crappy in comparison. Right. It wasn't I mean, until you,
1: Halo. You look back on some of the older games now, like Doom and Quake and stuff, and you see, you know, people back then were even doing their own speedruns. They had shit down so much. Even Dwayne Johnson, that was like his first Doom was his first, I think, one of his first games that he ever played. He really liked it, and he was really lobbying to get into that movie for that reason. He was. And so I love that it. movie, and it's awful. Yeah, it, it, completely agree, one hundred percent. But. uh Yeah, and then now you look at it, you know, nowadays, and the trajectories uh, change so much. And the narratives, you know, they they got to have a narrative now. You can't just, like, go and kill bugs, you know, and stuff like that. I remember also playing, I completely forgot to mention it, the best Doom game that's not titled a Doom game, Chex Quest. That game was fucking (laughs) awesome. Came with cereal? Yeah. You you mail the cereal in, or enough in, or something like that, or maybe one of them had it inside, but you get a CD-ROM for Chex Quest. And yeah, I mean, you, you can go see people play it online, and it is a blast to play. It was so much fun, and there was even one point I think you just have like a fork or something like that. You just have like a very primitive kind of tool, but other times you get your goo guns and stuff like that. It was a ton of fun, and I always really enjoyed You know, getting that experience of like like because some of the other games I played for comparison at the time, guys, was like either some top down bird's eye view type games, you know, on the PCs or console games like Mario that were kind of more side scrolly movie license games. But back then they were kind of staticky and and, 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 um, stilted and stuff, if you know what I'm saying. You know, you kind of you didn't have that multidirectional control. You you up to go up and, and you had to make your character face left to go left and stuff like that. So with um first person shooters I remember playing as a kid and it was really fun because I really felt like I was there. Now I don't think about it, but at the time as a kid, I really had that first person perspective where it was almost like a, a VR like experience initially, you know? I take it for granted now. I don't think of it now. I don't I don't think I'm like literally like holding the gun and running around uh but I did when I was a kid and it was amazing. It was awesome and and just seeing the blood splatter and shit like that when I got to finally play Doom and Quake, for example, it was um, kind of awe-inducing because it's so brutal. You talk about Halo's 30 seconds of fun, but you get something like Doom and, and Quake and it's just instantaneous so much. I mean, you get those moments where like maybe you're backtracking or running through a hallway and you've already killed everything. But for the most part, I mean, you get some crazy-ass boss fights in there that are tough as hell, and you're having to run, jump, and try to get different help packs, and trying to lodge grenades or fire off rockets, go get this weapon and, and solve this puzzle. Po- oh, it's just so fast-paced, and I mean, you see that translate even into today. But when I played Half-Life 2, that was the first. It was such a different experience for me. Probably the most... I mean, I'm an outsider looking in on that franchise, but it, it was the most um, alien experience I've ever had playing a first-person shooter because it was so quiet of an experience you know there's times you're wandering through it's desolate very places it's a physics you know? physics and it's physics based yeah and there was a lot of puzzle solving and it was hard for me the first time playing it because I kept waiting for a story to pick up uh, what I was essentially thinking after hearing all the rave stuff about it and all these characters that were like the female I forget the female's name what's her Alex character? Vance Alex yeah and she was loved so much and You know, Gordon Freeman, of course, too, and stuff like that. Um, So I was going into it thinking, like, this is going to be, like, another Halo. It's just its own story, its own setting, its own universe gameplay. But it wasn't. It was so much different. And I realized I'm not – I can't really get into that type. I definitely am more like the run-and-gun type of player that uh, has occasional puzzles he's got to solve. But um, that was really interesting. It was really cool. And uh, I see why Gary's mod took off, and that's another thing that became huge because of it, and, and Valve just taking off and, you know, launching Steam because of it. I mean, so much. I'll pass it over to you, but, I mean, it's it had a huge influence, Half-Life, you know, and Half-Life 2 to an extent. Well, of course, Half-Life 2, but um, yeah, it's crazy to see that trajectory. Um, I don't feel like... I mean, it, it, is there anything that really came past Halo that really kind of evolved? Well, see, that's,
0: that's kind of what I'm building towards... Um well, first I want to ask you, Josh. Do you do you agree, or I mean, you might not? I feel like Halo: Combat Evolved. I can still kind of see hints of that Quake, Half Life, one type game for sure in it. It has it like feels I mean, like it's not just what, one foot in the future and one foot in the past.
1: Completely agree. It had the difference of like player agency, where you know when you're on the level Halo, you can kind of complete that level in the order you want. But you know, there's still a lot of linearity to it. But it also looks kind of feels the same way in terms of like yeah. the crosshair, the running and gunning. It's not quite as fast, but it still hits that medium ground while also kind of taking it into a more narrative future that um, would become the norm for first-person shooters. So I completely yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. So because I, I feel like you know, and obviously it's just it's just preference and opinion, but like Half Life One was a phenomenal game, way ahead of its time, great story and everything. Mm-hmm. But then Halo, I feel like it has you know. I mean, they created a whole new universe for Halo, right? I mean, it had such a great, such a great setting and characters, and and the guns were iconic, and the sounds were iconic, and the music. So I just feel like well, Halo just completely stepped up the game from Half Life,
1: and of course, its multiplayer was such a big draw because yeah. no one could play sixteen player. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Counter Strike too. That's another one, but um, the P- PC PC was like a whole different market than console, it really was, like more so than now. You know, but Halo like you had multiplayer PC gamers for sure. For sure. But Halo's multiplayer took it to a whole new level. 16 players. And you suddenly had people, you know, getting them all the TVs, getting them in one room and, and pairing them up together. And that's not something that was really like, you know, it's weird to think about, but they never really promoted the multiplayer as much for Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah. That was more of an afterthought tacked on thing. And we know that through like Halo artifacts and stuff or Halo 2 artifacts. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, that's such a big, important part to its legacy that that uh, set it apart and evolved because that was something that most people did with like up modems and Halo Combat Evolved didn't even have that until like when, when did Halo uh, PC come out? I mean that was way late. So that was close to 3. Yeah. I remember
0: pe- people were able to play Halo Combat Evolved on their Xbox online connecting it through this program.
1: Yeah, like you I think I remember what computer. it was. Forget Xbox XB connect, connect or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it takes me back. But it's just it's just kind of crazy for me to think like, you know, you had you know, Doom and Quake, which was just this... It was like they had the first-person formula nailed. Mm-hmm. Then Half-Life comes in, Valve comes in and says, okay, let's let's add a lot of story to this, add some puzzles. That changes things. Then you get Halo come along, and I feel like Halo's... Like I said, it's got one foot in the future, one foot in the past. You know, there's not a lot of one puzzle One step song.
1: forward and two steps back, <laughs> no matter what to do. we is mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um but I feel like Halo, you know, it doesn't really have the puzzles. Right. But it starts to have more open levels. It's more. It's a little more story-based, but if you think about, you compare Halo 2 or three story to Halo 1, Halo 1 still has that very basic story. Yep. That you, like Half-Life started to establish that basic, you know, Half-Life's like, science facility, something goes wrong, get out, you're Gordon Freeman. Well, then Halo's like, Halo ring your Master Chief. Something goes wrong, blow it That's up. That's a good you know point because you
1: don't like you, you go into Halo Two and right away they're like boom big lore expositional dump, giant expo. giant yeah 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 and the game just flows off of that Lord in Combat Evolved. Crazy. It's like you're a super soldier. Hey, you guys are getting boarded. Defend it and bam you crash land on a planet yeah. and you just you're just figuring it out as you go. And even by the end of the game, I still didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then, so then I think you get to this point where like I, I can see where people there's so many people who hold Halo Combat Evolved. As their favorite uh, Halo game, or, or even their favorite game probably of all time. is mine. Of, of I go back. Know, I, Halo. I always say Halo Two, but like uh, every time I play Halo One, I'm like, how is Halo Two better than this?
1: How yeah. you know, I, I, I get know. Halo Two for the nostalgia. It's like uh, from a nostalgia factor, it's just a landslide. It beats yeah. it so much. But Halo Combat Evolved is like that one I always want to replay.
0: Yeah, but I, so I just kind of think to myself, like I can understand why Combat Evolved is held so highly because to me, and this might be controversial to some, but I feel like Halo Combat Evolved was kind of like as far as that type of game could go. It was kind of the best. Mm-hmm. You know, like Half-Life took the Quake formula, added story, and then Combat Evolved took that formula further. Back to made, formula! Made more story, made more lore, like gave us this world. And I basically think Halo Combat Evolved kind of butted us up to the end of that, that type of first-person shooter, where if you're going to go any further forward, it's going to become very story-based, cinematic, like Halo 2 did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, like... That's part of my, you know, part of my whole conversation here is like saying, like, how much more I feel like I appreciate Combat Evolved playing Half Life. This isn't my first time playing Half Life One, by the way. It's my second time. I played mm-hmm. the first one like a decade ago. Um, playing it again, I'm like, I see why I love Combat Evolved so much. You know, the enemies are so much more iconic. The music's more iconic. The setting, the lore is more interesting, in my opinion. But then, then you get to Halo Two, which like shoots us into the future of what first person shooters are going to look like. Heavy story. Uh, deep dialogue, cinematics, campaign, bombastic set piece moments, Jar Jar Binks. online online multiplayer. We have bombastic, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> um, online multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Halo Two kind of set the standard for first-person shooters going forward in 2004, and it hasn't really changed since then. Now, to go off what Josh said, uh, also in 2004 was Half Life, but I feel like Half Life, Half Life Two. I mean. I feel like Half Life Two was like almost goes for a different audience, right? Like Half-Life Two isn't your typical shooter audience. It's yeah. a thought provoking, physics based source engine game and they never made Valve never made a
1: shooter. Well, game. I think back then too, I mean even Ask now that. to an extent, computer games or computer gamers were like more the gentleman's club of like gaming, whereas Xbox yeah. and, and console gaming was just like the sort of like accessible you just gotta yeah. pay a few hundred dollars to to get us and you can play any of these games on it, whereas computers, you know, it took a lot more and stuff, but you know, it, it was interesting too because Halo: Combat Evolved was the, the 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 console game that came out in first person shooterville that was like, hey, we can make it work on consoles, but and then suddenly everyone wanted to have these clones and stuff and, and try to come up with others. Then the Halo Killer was dubbed and everything like that, but it was Halo Two that really cemented like, okay, first person shooters are here to stay on yeah. consoles. This is a good game. The multiplayer stuff we just revolutionized. Um, online experience today, I mean, I don't even think it's a hot take, but I don't even think without that uh, multiplayer lobby system, everything they built there that we would even have games like Overwatch which is arena-based, it's a first-person shooter but it's arena-based and stuff like that, there's no story you know, Mm -hmm. it's through the characters they're told and stuff like that, so I mean, that had a profound impact in changing it. both of those two games did and it's like every Halo since then has kind of built off of that, I mean, you had Forge, which is kind of its own thing, but you know it was the first two halos that really like revolutionized peaked and also just set the stage for everything else to follow and I think I mean I think everyone makes a game you know with the intentions to make it be the best it can be but I think you know without realizing it I think a lot of people realize like man we kind of peaked like we have valve kind of doing yeah. this stuff you know and they got the physics and everything what we can do with this and we got halo which tells us really cool narrative has this great Great, amazing multiplayer system, you know. And at that point in time, Doom had just completely taken a backseat. We had Doom Three. Doom Three came out, but that was but that was
0: also like that was like a horror game almost. You know, it wasn't yeah. really the same. Yep. It had kind of it had kind of it didn't have the narrative of Halo or even Half Life, and it didn't have right. the the fun arena style gameplay of original Doom either. it was just yeah, kind of this other thing. And then so then in two thousand four, you kind of have like Halo dominating the market, and it wasn't until Call of Duty: Modern Warfare showed up in two thousand seven, three years later that there was really even a contest for right being like the shooter. And my thing is, as much as like it kinda took the, the storm, it kind of took the the power away from Halo a little bit there, it's still kind of the same kind of shooter, right? Like I know they don't it play is. the same I
1: don't think it like but, they're different games, but they pretty much have the same foundations. Yeah. You have a story and you story. have multiplayer yep, with Jar Jar Binks. And you have um, multiplayer with uh you know Uh, skill ranking and stuff like that so
0: and that's kind of where we've been stuck i feel like since 2007 like there's been some things that have happened like we had we had doom 2016 which i felt was very much it felt it felt it felt like old school dooms quakes kind Mm -hmm. of but with a little bit of a twist but then doom eternal comes out and it becomes this very arcadey shooter right like with like managing your weapons your ammo your glory kills so you have that kind of shooter which is awesome we love doom eternal but you're still getting your Call of Duties. You're still getting your Halos that play similarly. Titanfall, yeah. great game, but Titanfall also is still yeah. kind of in that cinematic set piece. It did try to give
1: it more with a little bit of like movement. It yeah. Was a little different in that way. But not enough. I, I mean, I'm with you. Not enough to kind of like change yeah. the game per se.
0: But so I kind of feel like at this point with, with Halo Infinite, Battlefield um, 2042, you have. Um, you got the Metro games. Call of Duty. No, Metro. Yeah, that's more, yeah, like, Metro, stuff like Metro, those are mostly, like, just very story-based only.
1: Right, you, know? you got, um like, the Rainbow Six games, you had Far Cry, which just kind of, I mean, as it evolved, it became a RPG little bit more stuff. RPG-ish. Yeah, yeah but kind of initially started out as a shooter.
0: But I'm kind of, like, what I'm kind of wondering, like, with the whole topic of this, like, evolution of the FPS thing is, what's the next big step, right? Like, what's the next, because you kind of, went, you went from Doom to Quake, and really that was the same thing, except one was fully 3D with like the ability to look up and down. Then you go from Quake right. to Half-Life where the story is introduced. Then you go to Quake to or from Half-Life to Halo Combat Evolved, which is obviously an amazing first-person shooter on the console, even more cinematic, more characters, then you get to Call of Duty, which introduces this like, you know, it's more fast-paced, people die quicker, you know, what's what's the next step for like first-person well, shooters, you know?
1: I think going back it's like you had something like BioShock, which was like a first-person shooter that had RPG light elements. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the time when we started to see like first person shooters get some of those like RPG light elements, RPGs like elements started factoring into all these different games and stuff. And then from there we started getting like full blown first person shooters that were RPGs. I mean, even, I mean, I don't even count Skyrim as a first person shooter, but it's a first person experience. And the other ones were way back on the PC. But I mean, you know, that's such a, Big, yeah. popular franchise in-game now. And, yeah, Cyberpunk, 3, obviously, and stuff like that. As has
0: guns. Yeah. It's not really a first-run yeah, shooter. Exactly. So, yeah,
1: exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting how much bigger it's gotten. And we see, like, the Far Cry games are kind of the equivalent of, like what uh, open world games like Assassin's Creed are nowadays where you have places you can go, little parts on the mini-map and stuff you can do, but it's all in
0: first-person. That new Prey is first-person, but it's more like, a yep. almost more Half-Life-ish, you know, more physics-based. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's kind of like, I wasn't trying to build to this moment, but I think I've kind of just, from us discussing, it, I think I've kind of surmised what happened really is is when the first-person shooter genre was created, the genre itself was its entire identity was that you could shoot guns from a first-person perspective. Right. That was its identity. And then, you know, Doom, Doom 2, Doom Clones, Duke Nukem, Quake. Then she get to Half-Life, and Half-Life was kind of the moment where it was like, maybe first-person shooter doesn't have to be exclusively shooting guns from a first-person perspective. Instead of, mm. instead of the FPS being like, just shoot enemies from this perspective what if that perspective could be used for all types of games puzzle sor- solving rpg uh, racing even i suppose like maybe all genres could could all combine with first person shooters and sure. it could just be like first person shooter it more used to be a genre and now it's a way to tell your story it's a way to to right. to, to build your game you know you have your cyberpunks sure. you have skyrim you have prey you have half life then you have Call of Duty, you have Battlefield. It's it's kind of all over the place now, to where like first person, like FPS, just kind of more defines the way we we like to experience our games through the eyes of being behind the gun.
1: I was going to say it's a good point because there's like you know there's a clear divide too at times between first person gamers and then like third person gamers. Like I know a lot of people were upset when they found out Cyberpunk would not let you go into third person really unless you're on like a bike or in a car, but like. You can't do that, and for most people, that bother them because they're like, "Well, I'm playing an RPG. I want to be able to see my clothes yeah. that I attach to my character." Whereas in other games like Doom, Halo, you don't care about that kind yeah. of stuff. You don't need to. And granted, you go in a third person in Halo when you get in a vehicle, but um,
0: Erica can't play for a yeah. person. She only likes.
1: She does she only like. Is Doom. it? Is that um, like a nauseous thing or just a preference? No,
0: she just she doesn't enjoy that perspective.
1: Okay, because when Erwin played Sea of Thieves before, he got he got like nauseous no, really. because of the first personness. So yeah, which I forgot to mention Caesar. too. It's not a first person <laughs> shooter, but but you know, and that's another point too, is it was like granted they had first person games even prior to first person shooters, you know, mm-hmm. just some of your exploring games and stuff like that. But that's something that built off too. I mean, it really did build off of that. It's like like you you were saying you made on an excellent track, but like you saw so many games start to borrow elements from first person shooters. Or be first-person shooters, but it was more like this umbrella, and then underneath it you had all these different like parts pulled from other games, subgenres yeah. and stuff. And I, first-person shooters, as we know it, is kind of like a hybrid now. You play a regular first-person shooter game, and they're like real – we don't even really have a core true – new type of fps experience anymore you look at like halo or i'm sorry yeah halo which went more open-worldly you look at um you look at like call of duty which has gone more battle royale and stuff like that mm-hmm. you've seen it evolve into like as the as the the industry has evolved you've seen it go into different types but that type of rudimentary experience of just going down hallways and kind of linear paths and, and running and gunning and stuff like that or, or puzzle solving you don't see well, that people as people don't now.
0: want just That's, that anymore Want yeah, more. and you
1: know what? I'll, I'll ask you, Brian. I mean, you know, you, we talked about Half-Life a lot in this. You know, there has been such demand for a Half-Life 3 for so long. And, you know, it for, stands for good reason because of that, you know? Do you ever think we're going to get well, it? Well, I, I feel
0: mean, like I know, like, I feel like there's plenty to base this on, so I feel like I'm pretty safe in saying this. I'm, somebody might disagree, yeah. but I feel like the thing is, Valve only wants to make a Half-Life when it's going to change the industry, when it's going to when it's going to be something fundamentally new. Half-Life One, right. story and 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 scripted storytelling in game. Then you get to Half-Life Two, and this, these physics are off the wall, right? They've never seen anything like this physics engine. And then they released right. Half-Life uh, Alex uh, a couple years ago, which was a VR Half-Life where everything is done th- through virtual reality. And I think that was because. Yeah. They, the, their mind, the way their minds work, the company works. They only want to evolve Half Life if it's
1: changing the way we play games, if it's changing. Sure. That. And I think for them, they it decided, needs to be transcendental, not just, yeah. not just um, improving off the the previous. And I
0: think they felt like VR was the next way to go with that, and I think they didn't want to commit to that being Half Life Three because you know how many people would be outraged if that's the way, the only way you can play Half Life Three. Sure. So they went with the a side story. So I think that's kind of where they're at. Um, but then I think you know you have like you look at the three the three big main first person shooters that came out at the end of last year: Halo Infinite, Battlefield 2042, and Call of Duty right. Vanguard. I mean, Call of Duty and Battlefield, you know, they're different. I'm not saying they're the same, but like they're both offering the same thing differently. Right. And then you have you have your preferences. And then Halo, it's different enough because of things like the sci-fi universe and the shielding and stuff like that. But Halo is also mm-hmm. kind of offering like it's kind of pick your flavor, right? You know, Halo, Battlefield. Uh, Call of Duty, and I know you, I'm kind of glad you brought up like Battle Royale, I can see people shouting while listening to this episode saying, well, Battle Royale is the way it's evolved, but like, yes and no, I think more no, because like, for me, Battle Royale just became uh, it's just just a mode, you know, like, the first person shooter hasn't evolved at all. It's just a way of playing what we already have, you know?
1: Right, and another thing to mention too is like, back in the day, you had the clear, you had so many different debates between like, it's, you know, if I have a mouse and a keyboard, I'm going to be way better than someone playing it on a yeah. console. Well, we couldn't really ever test that. Nowadays, it's so modern that people can play uh, console games or, you know, because of things like Xbox and the, the you know, the PC Game Pass and all that stuff. Yeah. You could play like Gears, even though it's third person shooter in Halo. You can play a lot of stuff um, cross compatible, you know, and stuff like that. And that's a clear divide. Um, and that's been a whole different evolution unto itself, you know, just in terms of like the accessibility with that, you can now, you can now see the difference. I can tell at times when I'm getting my ass kicked by a PC player, as opposed to a console player. And, uh, that's just changed so much too, because there never used to be any kind of crossover like that. It was very stuck in its own way. Yeah. You either were a mouse and keyboard or you were a console. And nowadays they tried to be universal and we see that in marriage, but it's changed quite a lot and it is hard to see where it goes from here because it feels like, you know, it, <laughs> it kind of feels like life it's, in a way at times. It's like we peaked. Yeah. That was really, I think the golden age in a lot of ways of first person shoot- shooters was when it was really coming into play. When we saw like the mid nineties, when, when dooms were coming out, when quakes were yeah. coming out, half-life was ramping up. Halo was somewhere, you know, maybe an idea in their head, but they didn't quite have that figured out the way it was yet. And then it kind of peaked with Halo in a way. Not to say it's better than the other ones, but it just kind of peaked in terms of what it offered, how it transformed the industry, and we haven't really seen a first-person See, game do that since.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, there's no first-person shooter that blows me away anymore. Like Halo Infinite doesn't do that either. Like
1: right. Halo Infinite, like Doom and Doom Eternal were great games that built off. They showed that we could have. Yeah, Eternal's the closest that's gotten. Games, to blow but, me away, but it doesn't feel like it. Like transcends anything no it doesn't really to, like, trans- world, yeah it doesn't really like change. but it doesn't need to at the same no. time it doesn't need to
0: but it, it doesn't feel like that next step either no and i think yeah. with like when i play halo infinite i'm like you know i know they put it in an open world which is new for the series but to me that's not like i loved halo infinite i'm happy with it i'm satisfied i had a great time i'm gonna play it many many times more from now mm-hmm. but like sure um that wasn't the next step and if it didn't feel it didn't blow me away it didn't blow my mind you know like it no, wasn't the it next felt like step. the next
1: step in halo but not the next step in first yeah
0: person I, I mean it was just it was halo in an open world we'd seen other first person shooters put themselves in an open world right. like it's it was right. great it was a nice step for the series but like what's the next big evolution in the first person shooter genre yeah
1: and i agree with you earlier to piggyback i don't think it's battle royale i mean i, I that's obviously a huge sticking yeah. point that's going to be here for a long time but I think that goes back to just like when Quake Arena came out and that suddenly became a big thing to yeah. play and experience. This is kind of like the new Quake Arena in a way. It's a new way to experience first-person gaming also, with a ton the of most people. most popular
0: Battle Royale is not first person. Right. So, you're exactly right. Person. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Fortnite um uh, but but you see Apex taking off yeah. and people get to have that first-person experience. And that's another clear divide of if you're first person, you prefer those, you play Apex. If you like thirds, you you, yeah. you know, <laughs> you play uh Fortnite. Yeah. So, yeah, or a battlefield. I mean, but, you know, Call of Duty even, I mean, everything now. But that's the thing is it just everything has spilled out. That's where it feels like. It feels like everything was on the straight and narrow path and it was just continuing to peak. And then once it peaked, it didn't really go down. It didn't, but it also didn't really go up. It kept kept going straight and it kind of kept like, yeah, expanding as it was going just on that same path. And I don't, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, even as we sit here, try to trying to muse on that. I think developers are probably wondering the same thing. Yeah. How do we evolve this? Because in some ways, for some people, an FPS as we used to know it is kind of a dying genre. Yeah. I mean, you just don't really yeah, see I, it in that really
0: not. We're not really getting many, the, like, cl- we're not really getting classic FPSs anymore either. And, like, right. even, I'm even someone who kind of, like, heralded Doom Eternal and Doom 2016 as, like, the return of the classic FPS. But, like... Mm-hmm. In a sense, it really wasn't though. It was still totally new. It's still not.
1: I mean, new I agree new. with you, but, but like, yeah, to, go to, to that, classroom. we haven't really seen people take off from that. Yeah, you know, there wasn't like a ton of developers that were like, "Oh shit, let's get some." Yeah, you know, let's do a new Quake. And the money's the, the, the money's, the money's not
0: there as much either for like, like look of all of Halo Infinite's development time, how much of that was spent in that campaign? You know the thing. No, you beat and with, you know
1: what? You know the Doom twenty sixteen and Eternal both had multiplayer, and they neither one of them have done very well. Yeah. And that was a thing way back where it just wasn't – I mean, honestly, it was Halo that really said – that set the standard where it's – I mean, they didn't say it, but it was so successful that every first-person shooter that followed it felt like they had to have a multiplayer component. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, that wasn't always a thing. What Quake was it? Was it Quake Arena was the first one to offer? That it, was just core, it was just multiplayer, correct?
0: Yeah, there was no campaign. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that was just a big deal at that time in of itself. So – that completely changed the game but now that's just kind of where it's at yeah. it just kind of flows off of that josh so would you, 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 could you yeah.
0: if i asked you what your favorite first person shooter is that's not halo would you know what your answer is yeah bioshock bioshock yeah bioshock. it's weird because i that's mean a fair I, I, answer, I can't but really it doesn't feel like a first really it, shooter
1: almost it doesn't in a way because it's probably the most narrative focused yeah. first person shooter i've ever played and there are rpg elements but they're very light yeah but um, if you're going for like, if you're asking me for core first-person shooter, I mean, it's really tough. I mean, it, it is really tough. I I don't know. If I I almost say Quake Four. And to mm-hmm. to bring it back to that, guys, the reason why I like that so much because yeah, like Brian said, that is just such a uh, hated game, especially in the Quake. It's considered the worst. We haven't really gotten Quake stuff. Well, since. it's not made it by it. Kind of killed it. It's not made by it. Yeah, so. I loved it because it was the first one of the first games I played on the Xbox 360. And you know, guys, when you every one of you guys have had a next-gen experience, right? When you get a new console or you get a new PC with just a game that looks beautiful. And you just see something in there. They do something in that game that you know just the previous gen or it just couldn't be done a few years ago. And you've just never seen it. And I'm playing Quake 4. And I see a ship in-game while I'm moving come from the sky and land all the way down in front of me. And it just blew my mind. Today you don't even think about it, you know, but at the time that was incredible for me. And I got to play a story that wasn't halo and that had a narrative focus. It had a big twist in it where you become part of the Borg or whatever they were called. I'm thinking I'm mixing my star Trek up, but um, you get to do that. And that was just, that was pretty damn cool to me. Yeah. The strong, really good Strog. time with that experience. The strong. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, their version of the Borg, but, that was really cool. I loved that. I had a great time with it and it made me want like it made me care about the franchise. I went black, I went back and I played Quake 2 and I was like, "Damn, I've really missed out on this stuff." And it, it was games like that that opened the door for me. So, so I just had this like even though I played Dark Forces and stuff like that, I was really fixated Halo 2 was kind of my only window. I tried Half-Life 2 and stuff like that. I played some of these other games, but It was really games like Quake 4 that suddenly made me go like, man, I can really enjoy this genre outside of it. And also, how much have I missed? How much have I been sitting on? Because there's a ton there to love. But um, I don't know. Nowadays, it seems like we're in a rebooted state of trying to get back to these franchises. I mean, I would like to see Quake come back and try to do something new because Doom has come back and proved that you can modernize it and make it still feel the same but look way beautiful. Uh, look way more gory and and also tell a, a tell a story mm-hmm. to an extent more an Eternal than than 2016, but Halo has gone more open world. Has a 10 year plan. It's a live service game. But I'm interested to see what Quake would do with that. You know, are they just would they kind of go more in the trend of we're just going to do more of a Doom? I think type so. uh, Run? I are we going to do more of a Halo thing? Or are we going to try to do our own thing altogether?
0: Well, I think yeah. I think if if I was to answer my own question to you, like. Halo. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry, I rambled for a bit. No, like
0: Halo. Halo's Halo my favorite first-person shooter. But if I couldn't say Halo, then I would go to Doom, the original Doom, the old style. And I think sure. I, I think that is why I love Doom 2016, Doom Eternal so much. Is I've gotten so fatigued by the mainstream set-piece cinematic first-person shooters that I would actually welcome a return to more of the classic shooters like Doom and like Quake. I'd be fine with more of those. But I don't know. It's just like it. You don't have any no, thought of what's that?
1: I haven't even thought of games like. I mean, we haven't even talked about the recent Wolfensteins. There's like the Borderlands games, I was thinking of Wolfenstein, games. yeah. Team Fortress, obviously. Uh, yeah. We didn't, we, I think we mentioned. Uh, oh my God. Uh, what's the damn multiplayer game? It's a. Uh, oh my God. I'll think about it later. I'll what's, think about what's it. What's in better.
0: it? Give me something. Oh my God. Counter Strike. That's it. Yeah, you a mentioned Counter Strike. Counter Strike. Yeah. 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 But no, I, I just. Um, I think I would welcome those older style shooters back. Like Halo Infinite, it has nothing to do with halo infinite itself but like it it was it didn't excite me the way halo 2 did back in the day you know what i mean it it, it didn't it doesn't even excite me the way that like doom 2016 did it it still was a great experience i enjoyed but it's like what's the next step And i don't mean it to be picking on halo either because it's not like halo's not innovating nobody else is really innovating that way either i'm just like what's the next thing gonna be but uh yeah, I don't know. It's just—it's just hard to say. Great. I mean,
1: it really is hard to say because I think we're at a point in the industry in general where it's like everything's just kind of like a hodgepodge of everything. Yeah. You can kind of feel elements of everything fit in a game. There might be a game that's third person that has first-person moments. There might be a game that's like, you know, first-person that's platforming or a platforming game. You know, I mean, it's just everything's like kind of mushed together now. And then when you do get games that are just like core experiences everyone you have the people that rave about it like it's a return to form i don't think we're in the golden era of gaming right now so i i mean i think the golden era of first person shooters peaked in the mid to late 90s you know and then kind of peaked also with or i should say capped off that peak with the victory lap of being halo and halo 2 but after that it's just all been the same where does it go from here i mean i don't know it's it's uh it's got to do something to revolutionize it. I mean, I want to say VR would be the future, but it also—I don't think it is. No, I don't. I don't think, think it's be. there to stay, but I don't think it's the future. I don't think it's the direction that it would just go in. I think that's—you look back at like movies in the '80s and '90s, and a lot of them thought that. You know, it's like the Power Glove even yeah. thought that, that people thought that was going to be so huge and it wasn't. But I think it just—I kind of—I don't know. I almost feel like these games need to go back to their roots and like to sort of break themselves down. Yeah in order to build themselves back up and figure out, like, where to go from there. Like, I'll be interested to... Like, Doom 2016, it, it had a story, but it was very light. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Eternal. Eternal's very story-focused. And... Still lighter you know, than, like, Inf- Halo, but yeah, it is. True, yeah. true. But then you look at, like, Halo Infinite, and Halo Infinite still building off 20 years. Yeah. It hasn't really had a chance yeah, to I reset it. Yeah, I think I'm right. That's up. the
0: thing is, I think I, I think I am at a point where I'd appreciate more of, like... Tidbits of story that give me an idea, then because that's and that's kind of how even like the Dark Souls games are. It's like tidbits of story that give you an idea. That's not first person shooter, but uh, you know, like like Halo Infinite. I could have, I probably, I could have enjoyed the experience more, probably. This is something I'd have to think on more, but I'm going to say it right now and I'll get back. Think get on it man. I think I could almost have enjoyed infinite more if I didn't have all the baggage of the series, you know, like if I didn't have to worry about them, like think about infinite, but they didn't, I didn't have to worry about them telling us what happened with Cortana after five. I don't have to yeah. worry about the big harbinger stuff. Just think if I had just been put on a ring and I'm like, I'm a super soldier fighting the covenant and trying to save the humanity. I mean, that's, that's what Halo Combat Evolved was, right? And it was it was enough. So I feel like I could go back and and have some more some more of that classic style. I think would be helpful, unless they can find a new way to evolve forward without just shoehorning into VR, you know? Because I, I don't think VR is the way to go.
1: I mean, I, yeah, because I feel like they touched everything. You had Left for Dead even, which was like a cooperative,
0: mm-hmm. just
1: story focused, like super super light on story, but just super fun on gameplay and survival. You know, and then they've done, you know, all these different hybrids we've talked about. You've had some of your classic reboots brought back. It feels like they've, they've touched everything. I don't really know where they could go from here, but I wonder, I feel like that's probably where they're at too. I bet they're trying to figure that out.
0: Okay, guys, well, that's basically kind of the, the concept of what I want to talk about here, what we want to talk about with the evolution of the FPS. Kind of, you guys can see where our thoughts are with like kind of where it started, where it's gotten to now, and the different variations of what we had. And it's like, where does it go next? Um, like, I would love if you guys would either, you know, come to the Discord, email us, or, or go on Twitter, or whatever, and tell us yeah. kind of, tell us, first of all, tell us which you prefer. Do you prefer, like, classic style, light-on story? Do you like heavy, bombastic Jar Jar Binks moments? <laughs> C- <laughs> Thank you, C- cinematic stuff. Do you feel like you like the way that the, the, the first-person shooters are going now? Was Halo Infinite exactly the kind of shooter you wanted? I would just love to hear that from you guys. If you have any ideas for how, I'd be curious to know
1: where people felt the first-person fatigue. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear about that. Yeah, like,
0: and if you have any ideas for how, just how could it could transform going forward, I would love to hear it. Tell tell me what you think of Half Life as well. Like Half Life One, Half Life Two. I feel like those games are quite different, you know, because you got like Portal, which is set in the Half Life universe and you use a portal gun. So much of Half Life is like not about the shooting, like it is a
1: huge part of it, but at the same time, it's like. Puzzles, first-person game that's got shooting moments, yeah. but it's not really puzzles you know. and
0: story and, and and concepts and stuff like that. It's just different. So I don't know. It's just it's just been interesting. It's interesting how like all these games can have you behind what's usually a black gun, yet we just never stop playing them because they're always so exciting to play a new one. You know, it's essentially the same. Right. We're always behind that gun. It's usually a black gun, and you're always like,
1: but it's 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 just interesting to experience well, new worlds. And, and I think the beautiful thing about them, still though, to this day, even is is that I still feel that thirty seconds of fun that Grisomir talked yeah. about. Like I feel that going back, even playing the original Dooms. If I play the original Wolfenstein, you know, you can play in one of the newer Wolfenstein games. You can actually go in an arcade, yeah. and like play yeah. that original game. And like I feel that I don't feel there's like a time drag. Whereas in RPGs, I have so many moments where it's so quiet. That I'm literally thinking about my life and getting myself depressed, <laughs> you know, because I'm like all the A to B or A to Z exploring and stuff. You think of something like a game like Death Stranding, which is like it being an Amazon delivery service, <laughs> and you know, you're just walking and stuff. And for some people, they love that. I know Joe really loved that game, but then you have you know first-person shooter, and uh, it was just moment-to-moment gameplay, and that's never quite changed. And I've always really liked that, even as it's evolved. I've never felt bored. By a first-person shooter, and uh, I still get a ton of fun out of them. You know, I I don't think that's ever going to change for me. Last I question, you, be
0: Josh, before we get out of here, is what's sure. what, what's one trope that's been done or one mechanic that's been done in first-person shooters you
1: don't want to see anymore? Like one thing you don't I mean you don't want to see. It's kind of a universal trope. It's kind of a cop-out answer, but escort missions—they're more uh, rare in first-person yeah. shooters, but you do still get those, and I do hate those so so much. Um, I kind of hate the trope of, like, getting a weapon, like, there being an, like, you know, I mean, it's awesome in Doom, don't get me wrong, but, like, you come across a BFG, you know you're getting that weapon because there's probably going to be a boss fight ahead. I kind of right, hate yeah, the predictability you, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah I kind of hate that, but at the same time, I love it because it's like, whoa, here we go. Yeah. And then the moment you get to use it on something big and you see what it does, it's amazing. It, it's so satisfying and crunchy, but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's really that kind of stuff. I just, uh, I don't feel like they've been, there's not too many tropes in first-person shooters I I don't like. I mean, I guess another one that comes to mind is backtracking. But that is rarer and rarer as it gone. Yeah. That's something they've gotten better with because that used to be such a big problem. I think, what about I you? I think
0: people hate my answer. I actually, I think I think what I love most in first-person shooters is a really good story and great combat encounters, and when those combat encounters and the story come together, it's just like mm-hmm. mind blowing. That's what Halo's done for me, you know. Sure. Um, so what I what do, has so come what close I don't, in that
1: regard, Brian? Since uh, aside
0: from Halo, like what are what are their first person shooters? Well, the most combat common combat answer effects? I can't speak to because I haven't really played it is Titanfall Two. So everyone says Titanfall Two, probably. Oh,
1: man, I couldn't get into that. I, I played three I missions
0: it. and I wasn't having fun. I
1: couldn't get into it like everyone yeah, else. It's but so I, weird to me. I don't know. But, but I can tell it's good that's for That's the a,
0: biggest uh, one. Um, I know yeah. that's tough. I, Wolfenstein The New Order was close to that. Not The New Colossus or whatever. But, you did not like New Colossus. No, but The New Order, because The New Order had like that classic, more classic um, gameplay. And sure. it had like pick up health packs and stuff. But then yeah, it had cinematics true. and a story. Um, yeah. so that was kind of, because like Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal has nowhere near the cinematics or story of Wolfenstein. So like right. Wolfenstein's probably a little bit closer. So that kind of in there was good. Uh, but the thing, mm-hmm. the thing I was gonna say for me is the biggest like thing I don't want more of is, and this is where I said. I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I hate, your, I hate your answer, Brian. I don't really, I don't think I really want a ton of physics and puzzle solving in my first person shooters. You know, when I think of when I th- people will be like, you crazy, Brian? Like, when so I think of like play Prey that twenty seventeen,
1: yeah. where you like oh. like. I love the original Prey. No,
0: and I think you of like Prey 2017, and you're like manipulating objects yeah. and solving puzzles. or Even when I'm playing yeah. Half-Life, and I love Half-Life, and I think it's a great game, I'm like, you know what I like more than picking up this wheel and attaching it to this lever and opening the door and running through it while dodging lasers? You know what I enjoy more than that? What I enjoy more is when I come outside and an alien dropship drops off a couple enemies here, and another thing flanks me over here. And then there's like a, a car drives in. You know, like I love those kind of moments. I love those encounters. And when they're like, I came across an encounter in Half Life where I come outside. There's a bunch of aliens fighting marines, and then this alien ship comes, flies way above us, and it just laser like kills the marines. Yeah. And I just I got to view the whole thing in gameplay, and I was like, this yeah. is awesome. So when that story crosses over with the encounters. That's what gets me the most.
1: I get it. There's two different types of gamers, I think, because with, with the, the types we like are the kinds where it's, you know, you really want the narrative experience. You want the point A to point B. You know, you, you kind of go through this mm-hmm. encounter. You get to the next part of the story. You go through an encounter. You get to the next part of the story. And you get the story in the, within that, too. And then you get other people who, like, fill that um, endorphin rush being able to solve a puzzle, feeling stuck, yeah. seeing it come together, like figuring it out. I like puzzle
0: solving, just not as much in first person sure. shooters. Like Zelda is mostly sure. puzzle solving, you know, a lot of that. Yeah. But um, yeah. Not as, in first person shooters, I just, I love the great encounters with the great. I story. love the puzzle
1: solving in the Uncharted games. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I do enjoy it from time because, to time. Like, when I think of like, Doom, yeah, I
0: think of Doom much. 2016 and Doom Eternal, it's got 10 out of 10 encounters for me. Mm-hmm. But, and then the, but the story, and the story is like seven or eight. You know what I mean? Like, it's still sure. pretty good. But, like, Halo was, like, you know, peak Halo was, like, 10 out of 10 encounters, 10 out of 10 story coalescing to this amazing thing. So, Sure. But, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to this uh, oddball episode of the podcast. If you guys want to go to patreon.com slash sacred icon, we're there. Throw a dollar at the screen. Even throw $2
1: at the screen. Heck, you can
0: throw 5
1: Yeah. And if you guys like this episode that we're dropping and you want to hear the next one early next month, again... Sign up for that $25 tier. You're going to get two weeks early access through the Patreon. Everyone else is going to have to wait to hear it two weeks after you. So check that out.
0: Anyways, you guys support us. We'd really appreciate it. Throw us an email with your thoughts or a voice clip to sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter uh, at sacrediconpod. Josh is at Jurassic Joshy. I'm at Brian's Pain. Guys, come to the Discord, talk with us. Let us know what you think about how FPSs have evolved over the years. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, keep it sacred.
1: They let me pick. Did I ever tell you that? Choose whichever Spartan I wanted. You know me. I did my research,
0: watched as you became the soldier we needed you to be.
1: Like the others, you were strong and swift and brave, a natural leader. But you had something they didn't. Something no one saw but me. Can you guess?
0: Was I wrong?